got, you, you got it with you in Mark chapter 4, and I'm titling this, um, I shifted gears from last week, um, I began a direction last week, but I, I believe as I was out praying the, today that the Lord, or yesterday, the Lord uh, redirected my, my sermon, Mark chapter 4, and, and I'm going to teach on, I'm calling this planning for the harvest, and I believe that, uh, you know, if you understand or have studied the Word of God, I love how God uses a natural principles or natural things to illustrate what's taking place in the spirit realm. And one of the things that takes place in the, in, in, that God likens or pictures the kingdom of God to is seed time and harvest. Now, us being an agriculture uh, uh, church or agriculture area, uh, most of you have an understanding, even if you've never uh, run a tractor or farmed big acres, you understand the planting of seeds. I mean, that even, even people who grew up in the city, most everybody understands how seed uh, time and harvest time works. And uh, but, but especially for us in, in rural uh, settings, you know, we relate a lot to this. So... Planning for the harvest, you know, uh, I'm going to ask a series of questions to set this up. But first of all, I want you to look in, in Mark chapter 4. Now, we're not going to read the parable of the sower, but the parable of the sower is the picture of and, and illustrates, he, he likens the Word of God to uh, seed, and he calls a man's heart, a person's heart, the soil. And so there's he, he illustrates it in that teaching, but then he goes on verse 26. I just want to read this shorter uh, part of it because he, he, he illustrates it in another story. He says uh, in verse 26, he, he, all, he, he also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripened, he puts in the, the sickle to it because what? The harvest has come. See, I, I want you to, to uh, and I'm going to ask a series of questions that are going to cause you to think a lot today, I believe. And, and for you who are, have walked in this for a long time and understand these things, it'll be a, a reminder, a challenge to you. Because here's what I know, that, that even though I've walked in these principles and applied them, spiritually speaking, where the Word of God is concerned, not just because I've been you know, a farmer rancher all my life, but, but because of those things, I make sure... And, and or I have to make sure that I keep these processes going. You know, there's been times in my life where I'd, I'd see a, a something out of balance or, or not getting the results and the provisions that I needed, uh, and I can go back and think about, okay, what am I doing for, for preparing for that harvest? See, because here, here's uh, one of the, the questions that I have is, do you need to think more about your harvest or more about the seed that you're planting. It, it, when, when, when we get into this a little ways, you're going you're gonna to gather that or begin to uh, see where this applies. But, but I want to ask that question, do we need to be thinking about the harvest that we need or, or the seed that we're planting? Now, um, let's, uh, let's look also at Galatians chapter 6, and we'll get into that uh, into that question a little bit more, and, and we'll explain that a little bit more or challenge you with it a little bit more. But Galatians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul is, is uh, teaching here, and that was Jesus speaking. Now we got the Apostle Paul talking about it in verse 7. Now, 
He says, do not be deceived. Galatians 6 verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Well, you know, he, he's very plain, very pointed, very, very uh, distinct in what he's saying. He says, a, a man, a person will reap what they sow. So you can ask yourself, or we can ask ourselves, what am I sowing? What am I, what am I seeing in life? And, and so in, if you like what you're experiencing, then you can, you can probably bet that you've been sowing the right seed. But if you don't like or, or we're not getting the results we need, or maybe the, the harvest isn't, that I'm receiving isn't meeting the need that I have, then I need to ask myself that question, what seeds am I sowing? He said, so he relates or directly connects the harvest that we receive to the seeds that we sow. Now, earlier, uh, Jesus was relating it to, in, in over there in the verses that we uh, looked at in Mark, he was relating it to the seed being the Word of God. And so the Word of God going into the soil of a, of a person's heart, producing spiritual things. Now, here, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul's relating it more to an uh, emotional or, or a personal connection where doing good is concerned, an outward expression or, or in relation where people are concerned. He goes on there in verse 8, he says, "...whoever sows to please their flesh..." So he doesn't exclude the spiritual part, but, he, but he, he brings it into a flesh place. He says, for from the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now it's interesting, he's got that, they've got the translators put a, a capital S on Spirit there. So typically that, that is, they they determine that that's uh, deity or that's uh, the Spirit of God. That's God's Spirit. But I can also tell you that because of the new birth, when we're born again, we make Jesus Christ Lord of our life, the Spirit of God dwells in us, right? We, have, we, we are, are new, born new. We, we are then able to be, the Apostle Paul said, the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, so the, Spirit of, the Holy Spirit's in our spirit. So if we're feeding or, or, or sowing to the Spirit, we're also sowing things that in, in our spirit. And so there's, there'd be a connection there. So we can kind of identify where or how we would sow to the Spirit. So, so what would that look like? How would we sow to the Spirit? Well, we'd be doing things that are in line with God's will, God's heartbeat, and, and the Spirit of God. We'd be uh, recognizing those things. We would be uh, applying those things. And uh, we would be trying to cultivate or, or produce or sow into things that are spiritually connected. So you can think about uh, Romans, uh, in Romans chapter 8, he talks about those things, talks about the, the spiritual things, that following the spiritual things and applying spiritual things and, and getting spiritual results. And I, I don't want to get derailed with that or de de distracted with that too much, but that's that difference. So it, it, but those things will also then influence and affect things towards our flesh. So, so if we sow to the flesh or focus on the flesh first, we're going to reap fleshly things that are going to produce, he says, as he said, destructive things. But if we'll sow to the Spirit, we're feeding then and causing, cultivating things to grow in our spirit that's going to produce spiritual blessings 
righteous things, good things, and those things are going to offset all those destructive things of our flesh. So there's a, there's a, a, a practice that those things together will, will influence and cause to work together for our benefit because he says they, they'll reap, spiritual things will reap uh, eternal life. Verse 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. You ever get tired of doing good? Man, I get tired of doing it. I just want to just, I mean, no, I, I don't. I mean, I, I ain't going to say I don't, but, you know, I, I, it's easier now. I've just developed a lifestyle. I just, I just but, but I, I'm not perfect. There's times whenever I can get in the flesh just like you. Well, not as bad as some of you, but uh, <laughs> no. You know, we're, we're all going to have times where, where, we, where we fail or we get in the flesh, but we, we, he says, don't get weary doing good. So there's a certain things, there's certain things we need to do that are good. We need to work to be good. We need to work towards those things. He says, don't get weary in doing good or doing the right things. For at a proper time, now notice this, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. See, we got we, we see from, and we didn't go there because it's a whole other teaching and a lot there that I love to teach on, so I, I've resisted, but I've taught it before. Mark chapter 4, this parable of the sower, he goes through all those different scenarios, doesn't he? He talks about the Word of God goes into the rocky, stony soil and it doesn't produce. And it talks about the going into the, the soil where the, where the distractions and the cares and all the weights and all those things stop it from producing. And then there's that good soil that produces. Why? Because it was cultivated, protected, and kept right. See, that's that doing good. We're not going to be perfect in all these things, but we're going to continue to, to pursue those good things, continue to put them to work, and allow them to produce a harvest in it, and so we continue in it and don't give up. You know, here's the thing about, about sowing seed is, uh, has, have, if you've ever sown wheat, Mark, you've sown wheat for a lot of years. I mean, as old as Mark is, it's been a lot of wheat crops. <laughs> harassing Mark a little bit. A lot of wheat crops. Have you ever had to re-sow? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, the reason he had to re-sow was why? The first crop failed before it ever got out of the ground in some cases or while just barely out of the ground or got consumed and buried too deep. It couldn't produce and he recognized that. So he didn't leave it at that. He went in and re-sowed. See, where, where our life is concerned, when we've taken the Word of God and sown it in our hearts or begin to, to plan for a harvest, we're talking about planning for a harvest, when we understand what we need and we go to putting that Word in the ground, when, when and if those times where it's not going to produce, it grows up and there's not a, able to root well and, and dries up, burns up because of the, the pressures of life or other times where it's consumed, what do we do? We just we can recultivate that ground and sow again. See, that's, that's not being weary and doing good. Keep doing the good because if we don't give up, if we don't quit, in due time we will reap. We will have a harvest. Now, verse 10, he says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are belonging to the family of believers. So especially to those fellow Christians. Now, I'm going to ask you uh, again that question. Do you think you need to think more about your harvest or about the seed that you're planting? Well, let me change that question a little bit and think about this this way. What do you need to focus on first, your harvest or your seed? 
Now, when you begin to think about this a little bit, and begin, to, and, and begin to understand that a harvest is important. God talks about harvest, and harvest brings provision. It brings supply. It brings answers. It brings uh, restoration. It brings all those benefits, those spiritual blessings that are in Christ Jesus. Think about it that way. So here's the thing. We all have needs, and God provided in or for every need a seed. And when that seed produces, like Mark chapter 4 said, we can receive that harvest and our provision will be there. See, when, where, where Jesus was concerned, where salvation is concerned, what was the seed? The gospel. See, the seed was, was spoken and it fell on some of your hearts. So how, how many of you uh, got saved after you were 25 years old? As far as really dedicated your life. Kevin, Joel. Okay, Cody. Uh, you know, you. let me ask you something. Did you get saved the first time you heard the gospel? No. No, see, it, it went. Now, was the seed able to produce? Was it, was it bad seed? No, if it was presented right, obviously. But the gospel, that the, the Jesus died for our sin, that we're a sinner in need of a Savior. And that when Jesus died for our, he died for our sins, He paid our, our sacrifice to give us the free gift of salvation. Our, our responsibility is simply to believe in Him and to receive Him as our Lord and Savior, to repent of our sin. That's a, that's, that's, that, that was the, the gospel. But why didn't you get saved as a kid? Why didn't you get saved the first time you heard it? Your heart, I'll help you. It's like, I don't know. Not very smart. Wished I would have. I mean, I can promise you I wasted about two or three years of my uh, high school life not serving God. Whether or not I was saved might have been a question, but, but how I was living didn't, wasn't representative. I look back at that and go, thank God I lived through it, and, and I was so disappointed that I didn't follow God more. My testimony was not that I've lived for God all my life. But here's the thing. You heard that word just like some of us who got saved as children did. You heard that word, but what? The word, the seed of that word couldn't produce a crop because it was choked out by life experience, by your own will. I know Cody, he just didn't want to, you know, he just didn't, he didn't want to quit doing what he was doing. Is that right? Pretty much? Yeah, still, yeah. No, uh, he, he didn't want to follow the rules and regulations or he didn't want to, he didn't think he was good enough or, or some of you may have had any of number of those things. Maybe you had a bad experience with Christians. Unfortunately, there's people who reject God because of some of God's people not doing things right. Now, I think it's an unfair judgment. There's only one that's been perfect. So it's an unfair judgment. Uh, reason to not give our lives to Jesus Christ, but yet any number of those things. So what are those? Those are the tares, and I'm preaching Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower without turning there, but, but, but that's what happened. See, but here's the thing. Once that seed went into our heart when it was prepared, and once we received the harvest of that, which was to realize that free gift and, and put that sickle in, like we read there in Mark chapter 4, verse that 26, 27. 
28, put that sickle in to draw in, to take the harvest of that seed sown. We receive then the benefits of it. So, so that's the type of thing. So asking again that question, what do you need to focus on first, the harvest or the seed? Well, we need to, first of all, I believe, determine the harvest that we want. Why is that? Well, you know, uh, uh, Jay, you know, uh, farms a lot of acres up, up, up there at Waukita. And, and you know, uh, he doesn't just go to the feed store and go back his pickup up and say, I'm here to get some seed. You know, he goes to the seed store and say, hey, I just, I just want some seed. You know, he doesn't say, well, hey, surprise me. <laughs> right? You know, he, he doesn't get unmarked bags. He gets exactly the seed he wants for the harvest he's, he's determined. He, he this, this last year, planted, didn't plant wheat, planted beans. It's a good year. Wise man. He did it right. Okay, so he, he had all his wheat acres. To, I'm telling all your stories. Is this okay? Oh, okay, all right. All right, all right. Sometimes it's easier to ask, get forgiveness than permission. But, uh, but you know, he had all these acres beans out there. But you know what? He determined now, if you understand soybeans, there's different groups, meaning different lengths of, of, of uh, the gestation process. So they'll, they'll, they'll grow. You plant some right after wheat, and you need them to, you need them to mature and produce in a three-month period of time. Others, you want them to, to try to go four months or, or a longer period of time. You, you want to extend those groups out, those different genetics out to hit the time. It's not only the the harvest you want, but the timing of that harvest you want, so you're very specific in the seed that you're looking for. See, here's the thing. You don't, you don't, you don't say, oh, surprise me. You don't just, I mean, every once in a while, you know, you can just flip your Bible open and man, there is the word for the day. It's like, wow. What if you flip your Bible open and it ends up in, in Leviticus or, or something, you know? It's like a bunch of laws and stuff. It's like, ooh, that's no fun. Let's go somewhere where it's more fun. But no, we want to get specific on those things. So we need to, we need to I think, as much as we focus on the seed, we need to absolutely focus on the harvest. Why is that important? Because the harvest is going to be the result we need or the power of God available we need to transform and change the circumstance and the situation we need. So unless we know what harvest we need, we won't know what seed to sow. So what is, the, what is your greatest need? I think that's where we go back to, and, and the thing that we need to do is ask ourselves, what is our need? You see, some of you may have such a long list of needs that you don't know where to start. I, I've been that way sometimes. I, I get so many projects or so many things going that uh, there's so many things that I need to do that I can't get it all done, and it gets overwhelming. And, and, and so, but what helps me is I, I take a, a legal pad, old school, just, you know, legal pad, and start writing stuff down. I need to fix, okay, the corner post in the middle of the section over here on this place, and I need to get an H-brace set here, and I need to get a gate hung over there, and I need to get this deal welded up, and I need to, oh, and then Sue, uh, we've got to get our, the, 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 the pallet swing I started, I got to get it finished. I mean, you know, I got, I got all this stuff, you know, there's all these things that are important on there. So we begin to identify all those things. Well, that list, that page could be full, but what do we do with a full list? We got to prioritize it. 
And then we got to start shrinking it down and we got to start figuring out, okay, so what's first? What's most important? What can I accomplish? What's out in the future? What All those things begin to play in. And where, where things where, where God is concerned, see, I think some people go into, go into the, their prayer time kind of with that idea of backing up to the seed store and just saying, oh, just surprise me. When God's saying, go into your prayer time with an intent uh, based on what is your need and then go into God saying, God, what is the harvest I need and what's the seed that will produce it? So I'm relating agriculture things because God relates agriculture things. But when you begin to put it in a perspective of my life where God's concerned, then we can begin to be involved in a, in, with God in a way and with the Scripture in a way that we, that we hadn't seen before. Or maybe, maybe we just let, let it go. But what is your greatest need? Is it peace? There's seed for that. What did Jesus say about peace? He said, my peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In the world you'll have tribulation, but I've overcome the world. I don't remember which, that's in the Gospels. Jesus said it. It's written in red. John 16, there you go. See, see, God, that the Word of God, that's seed, and what does it produce? What's its end result? A heart that's not troubled, a heart that's at peace. Now, now, so we, we gain those, those scriptures, those words, those... Do we need wisdom? The Bible says in James, if we lack wisdom, we can ask, and He'll give it to us. Do we need companionship? Do we need health? Do we need finances? Do we need confidence? Do we need security? Do we need motivation? I mean, there's all kinds of different things that can be an issue in our life that God can transform and change us in if we'll learn to, to have a mindset of a need but not, may, not remain need-minded, become seed-minded. Begin to think about the harvest I want and, Lord, what seed is, there, is going to produce the end result. So I asked the question, do you need to focus first on the harvest or first on the seed? And I asked the question, which is more important, the, the harvest or the seed? And I don't know the answer to that <laughs> exactly because I know that they all work together. We got to know what the need is, though. And then we got to go into that prayer time. We need to go into that prayer time and we need to say it before God and ask God, God, how do I solve this problem? How do I get the harvest I need, the results I need in prayer? What is the seed that's going to produce what I need? See, I, I want to be seed-minded, not need-minded. Just always understand there is a seed for every need. If you think about the Word of God and the promises of His Word as seed. Now, the way out of our need is through a seed. I heard a guy preaching that one time, and, and he was talking more about or a lot about finances when he was praying for that. He's saying, you know, we, we plant seed where finances are concerned, can, can produce or does produce after that kind, and, and supply. That's why we talk about it in the offering. That's why we, 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 different people share and why we use Scripture to demonstrate that. Why? Because we're planting on the inside of you a trust for God to be your source and understand the, the principles of God's Word, of what He says, where finances are concerned and giving is concerned. But listen, the way out of your other needs is also through a seed. 
It's not just that financial need. In fact, that financial sowing has no power to harvest the spiritual results that it needs unless it had a promise that it was based on. See, we don't base that on there because we need to increase the offerings. We, ba we base it on that because that's what God talks about. See, and, and, and what does God, where, where is our peace coming from? From God's Word. Where does our wisdom come from? From God's Word. All those different things influence and affect all those things. So first of all, I challenge you with this. Define our need, and as you, as you build that list of needs, allow God and, and the connection that He has to shape or to place the priorities on those. See, you're, you're, you may have something that, that is, is high on your list of priorities, but when you go before God, He may illustrate or demonstrate or, or instruct you in some other way. But identify your need, then identify your seed. Go before God, not just with the need, but go before God and say, God, what do you say about it? That's really what you're asking. If you can't grasp, grasp the seed idea, just grasp the God, what does your word say about it? What did you say? Because when we go before Him with that, uh, that's where the, the, the uh, power comes. So what God has, has, uh, what, what has God provided as a word seed to produce the harvest that will change your need? That's, that's putting it into another way of saying it. So how do we get our harvest that we need? The simple, uh, the simple answer is to sow the right seeds. Again, if, you, if you're wanting beans as a harvest, you don't plant wheat. Right? You, you go with the right seed. So ask yourself this, is, is what I'm after, what the results I need for, let's say, uh, for uh, strength and confidence, then I need to ask myself, okay, God, what's the promise, the provision, the example from your word? What's going to produce the harvest, the results that I need that's going to enable me to do that? And uh, so we can go before Him and Him instruct us in those things. Now, we ask, so basically what we're doing is we're going to the Lord of the harvest. In, in, in another example, what Jesus said, what about Jesus called or spoke of His Father as the Lord of the harvest? But He talked about that in Luke chapter 10, and He said, the fields are white with harvest. He was talking about the winning of souls. So let me always remind you and always remember, and that's what our church as, as a church is, our, our number one goal is the harvest of souls. I mean, the gospel being preached and everything centered around growth in, in the spiritual lives of people is, is our number one goal. And, and sometimes it may, uh, we, we don't ever want those things to, to, to uh, not continue to be those most important things. So, so how do we, uh, let's look at Psalms 37. And, and I want to look at this passage that is familiar to us, but probably, or it should be if it's not, but it's a scripture that I've used to base all of these things on. Because when we walk, David was a great example. He wasn't a great example in living his life all the time. Sometimes he blew it big time. But here's what he was always an example of. He was always an example of one who would run to God when he fell or failed. And he would repent and allow God to change his heart and shape his life. He says, uh, verse, verse 1 is just good. It, it doesn't apply to this as much. But he says, do not fret because of those who, who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. You know, I guess that, that scripture does fit in the light of, of what, what I read earlier. Do you ever get weary of doing good? 
Why would we get weary of doing good when we see people who are doing bad succeeding? I remember some of my kids talking about it. said, you know, I don't know. I don't understand why this guy. I remember one time Cade was going through a big baseball slump. I mean, senior year, man, he's, he's quit playing football and, and not even going to play basketball. He's focusing on college and, and trying to get around. I mean, and, and he'd been as a freshman, as a sophomore, as a junior, he was one of the leaders on the team, had records in the, in the you know, hitting and fielding and all that stuff. Was, everything's great. And he went through just, it was, he was having a horrible year. I mean, it was one game after another where he'd make a bobble and, you know, somebody that he'd never have a f f problem with. Or he'd strike out. Very rarely he did he ever strike out, but he was striking out. I mean, he'd hit right into a double play. Just, dude, just stuff, just over and over. I mean, it was like he was frustrated. He goes, Dad, I don't understand it. I'm trying to live for God. And this will, you know, and he'd, he'd say, this person's not living, doesn't, you know, doing everything wrong in, in what we would term as wrong, and he's succeeding. He's having a, 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 a big time year. And he didn't begrudge his friend success, but it was like, why? Why isn't God blessing me? Why am I trying to, to do all this? Well, I think he can tell you now he wasn't living as good as he thought he, you know, as we thought he was. He's probably running around doing some things he probably shouldn't have been doing. Maybe that's part of it. But here's the bottom, uh, the bottom line is we gotta, we got to understand we can't be envious or fretful over what others do. So we just want to focus on us. So there's a scripture, a seed, if we're frustrated or envious or distracted by what others are doing, we can take a word of God right there and begin to produce a harvest. And I'm not going to do that. Verse, but verse 3 is what I wanted to get to. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit all your way. Commit your way to Him, to the Lord. Trust in Him and, he'll, and He will do this. Or He'll bring it to pass, the King James says. And I love this, this verse 5. He says, commit your way. Didn't say ways. He didn't say, okay, pick and choose which ones you'll commit to him. He said, all your ways. Because he put it in singular form. Commit your way. So the way I'm going to raise my kids, the way I'm going to do business, the way I'm going to love my wife or my spouse, the way I'm going to deal with people, the way I'm going to go about my whatever business it would be. He says, trust in him. And He will do this. <clears throat> He'll produce. So we can take and we can ask ourselves, am I yielded to God and trusting Him to guard my heart and to give me right motives and, right, and, and have right actions? Those are the, some of the things that will help us to make sure that we're going to God, getting the right harvest and getting the right seed because we've set our heart to trust Him. See, it all begins with trusting God, the Lord of the harvest. Now, the first thing, other, other thing in order to get this harvest right is so the first, first way to get that harvest is to put our trust in Him, as I just said. The second thing is this, is know what seed from God's Word will produce the harvest needed so we go before God and find that Scripture. See, I'm challenging some of you to be reminded and some of you who may have never walked this way or lived this way in your life, but ask yourself... Am I getting the harvest that I need 
in my life to produce and provide and supply the, need I, the things I have need of. The third thing is this, and I'll close with this, is we need, to, we need to sow that word that we find out, that promise, and we keep sowing it. You know, it's just like planting wheat. We don't plant wheat once unless, it's, unless everything's going the way it needs to. If it's not getting the results, if it's not supplying, not providing, we, we keep sowing. We go back and we re-sow wheat or we re-sow whatever we're sowing. We continue to sow it again. So how do we sow the Word of God? We take that Word of God and we begin to pray it, we begin to say it, and we begin to allow it to shape and guide our, uh, our lives in every way, in every area. So we go to God in, in that Word and we begin to pray it. If it's peace, Father, I thank You that Your Word has declared that I can have peace because You gave me peace. You left me peace. So, Lord, I'm tapping into that peace. Lord, I'm going to walk in the fullness of the peace of God. And so you begin to incorporate that in your prayer time. You begin to incorporate that in your speaking time and what you're talking about. And you know what helps in that? You remember the, the parable of the sower, and I'm closing with this. The parable of the sower, there was the influence of other things that choked the Word. If I'm trusting God for peace, and I'm praying, God... Thank you for your peace. I receive your peace. I'm going to walk in your peace. You know what's coming in to choke those things? Is whenever I see something that's been robbing me of peace and I get in agreement with it. And I, and I leave my prayer time of trusting God where peace is concerned and I begin to get over into the, into the tears and all the other things that are trying to choke that word out and I begin to say, boy, that worries me. Oh man, that scared me to death. Oh, I'm so afraid of this. What are we doing? We're disrupting that process of seed time and harvest. I need to continue to keep my saying in line with my praying. I need to continue to speak right things. I need to begin, or maybe just don't say anything at all about those things that we're afraid of. Don't give them entrance. Don't give them opportunity. You know, that's a, whole, that's a little bit different story. We'll probably continue on with, with some of that as we go into this into next week. But I can challenge you with this, is that we get, we get the Word of God operating and working in our lives as a result of, of speaking the right, taking the right words and applying those, sowing them onto the soil, into the soil of our heart. Let's stand and let's just pray and, and close this service out to settle in our minds. Lord... We're going we're gonna to plan for the right harvest. Remember that scripture, it says that whatsoever man sows, that he'll reap. You might ask yourself, Lord, am I sowing the wrong things? Do I need to pray for crop failure in some things? Am I, am I sowing discord? Am I, am I sowing fear? Am I sowing evil? Am I sowing something wrong, something negative? need to correct those things. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank and praise you that, that Lord God, we can come before you and, and Lord, we can, we can plan for a harvest. Obviously, you order our steps. Obviously, you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. But Lord, on our part, we want to be surrendered, submitted to you, trusting in you and allowing you to provide. Lord, I pray that for every person who has a need in this place, that, Lord God, they'd see that you are the source of that need that you supply. And, Father, I pray that we'd help to understand and know and, and recognize the seed that is sown, the seed that is needed for the harvest to produce, to provide or supply that need. 
Father, I pray for those of us who, who uh, walk in the Word and know the Word that we'd be reminded of this. And Father, I pray for those that, that this is new to, that Lord God, that they begin to see the, the Word of God as seed, their hearts as soil, and that Lord, You are the Lord of the harvest that will produce and supply us with our need met. We thank and praise You for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.